Paula Windows and Doors of Wisconsin has six lines to fit your style and financing to fit any budget. Through November 30th, choose 12 months, no payments and no interest, plus 20% off installation. Set your free consultation now at PalaWI.com. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give us a call at 855-616-1620. And now, in for Jeff Wagner, here's WTMJ's Jane Matinair and Carol Kane. Carol and Jane, Jane and Carol in for Jeff, who will be back on Thursday, all kinds of things coming up over the next three hours. We would like you to think uh, a little bit about if you've ever met a celebrity who just left you dumbfounded. You were just speechless. Sure. I mean, there's got to be somebody out there. Oh, I mean, people- you, any, anything, you know, if you've, if you're into NASCAR and you met one of, one of the drivers, I understand that would be the thing, thing of a lifetime. It's big. Uh, like Steve was just talking about, uh, standing at the urinal with George Carlin. <laughs> we, can't, we can't all have a bathroom celebrity story, but maybe. <laughs> you maybe. never know. You never know. I mean, I've got a few of mine that left me a little... I'll, I'll fill you in okay. on some of the stuff. We want to start off, though, just with a little recap of what's going on with the uh, Rittenhouse trial that's going on at Kenosha. Mike Spaulding is here from the Breaking News Center. Things seem to be moving along really quickly. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and this has been the case essentially from jury selection until now. Um, it's actually an interesting day today. Uh, yesterday was maybe the most high-profile day of testimony with the prosecution as Gage Grosskreitz, as we heard, um, testified. Today, we're back to the uh, science and law people, for better or for worse, like the forensic pathologists, sure. law enforcement, who are they, the, you know, the people that are going to really be able to give you the nuts and bolts of... Trajectories and things like that, right? Exactly, and we're learning a lot about that um, today. The number of times each person was shot, kind of what angle the weapon was at, what, you know, all those types of things. Um, But we do expect the prosecution after seven days or six days of this to wrap up and could hand it over to the defense. We're on a lunch break right now. They just got done with a a forensic pathologist, but we do expect it to come to a close today, which makes sense and kind of keeps on that timeline of a a two-week span, which is what they were kind of predicting at the beginning. Um, Are they putting in exceptionally long days to make sure that this keeps moving? I know that the jury selection went a little long. Not really. Uh, We've been finishing, I think, maybe one day, 5.15, but mostly it's been between 4.15 and 4.45 every night. They've, They've called it quits. You know, the other thing about this, too, is... The number of witnesses, I think they mentioned 80 or 100 at the very beginning that could potentially be called. We are nowhere near that. I think we're at 22 as of where we're at right now. So I don't think we're going to get to that 100 number, though that does speak to the size of this trial and the number of angles that they could have been taking. Um, But yeah, no, I, I think it's been relatively quick. And the heaviness, that's the other thing I wanted to mention, the heaviness of what you're hearing and what these jurors are seeing I think is also playing a role on not keeping people at court for for 12 hours because you're you're processing a lot. You're seeing a lot of video and when people get shot it's often graphic video. Um they've taken a lot of breaks, but yeah, it's it's been fairly moving quickly. What do you expect who do you expect the defense? Do you have a list of potential witnesses that they're going to call? I'm wondering exactly what direction they plan on going. So we have been hearing that Kyle Rittenhouse himself could take the stand in his own defense. Um, and the reasoning for that being, if you're pleading self-defense, you want to hear from the person who would know firsthand why they were 
scared. I don't know if it's necessarily what were they doing. The cross-examination will be what were you doing in Kenosha on that evening and why did you have a gun with you? Um, but I think the defense will be if we can set him up to look somewhat sympathetic and be able to tell his side of the story, that will go a long way. And and the prosecution, uh, not to speak too out of line here, they, they haven't had a smoking gun moment, I don't think, yet. It, it's been a lot of walking through what I, I think many people have already saw on video. There, there, there isn't this kind of um, aha. aha no, no there, there, there really hasn't been where everyone gasps and, and, and stands back. So I think that's interesting. And I, I think, Carol, to your point, that might make the defense think about calling less witnesses, perhaps, oh, because okay. you're not going to have to call character witnesses if you don't think that they've proven that your client is a bad guy. It was a bad situation, but the I don't know if the case has been made yet. If he's a bad person. What's so interesting to me nowadays, after having covered, I've covered a number of different trials and cases, but the advent of technology and everybody being able to film this thing and it from all different angles, it's just, it's fascinating to me as the role that it plays in either defending or prosecuting somebody. That's a great point because the other thing that we saw, and I don't know if it was widespread or if I missed it, but we are seeing a lot of like FBI video footage from drones that they just had there that night because the sh- you know the shooting of Jacob Blake happened days before this right. and this was kind of brewing for a few days so the FBI already had stuff in place you had officers who were on the scene in the days prior and stuff like that so at least for, from where I'm sitting we're seeing a lot of sort of new footage it doesn't show new information necessarily but, but it is different angles y- yeah and it's a lot more I think than what we saw the first couple of days which was just cell phone video that we all you know kind of saw over the I would not want to be on this jury at all I, j- I, I that's just Carol talking would you want I mean I would be afraid for my own safety honestly well I in a certain in a to a certain degree well I think with the level of threats that are being thrown around to everyone from school board members to elections officials to I think that's a very real fear unfortunately and I also think it was interesting what you said about social media social we're going to do a study in another 10 years about all of the impacts that social media has had on our society at large and what it has done for for both good and evil. Um, Mike, I have a question about the yeah. jury pool. Now, sure. we know that they did uh, excuse two jurors. Two. Yep. At what point is the jury seated for the 12 that are going to decide? Because they're all hearing all the testimony Correct. right now, they, right? They have like no quote-unquote alternates. They're all... If you were keeping with the sports analogy, they're all starters right now, and then they will choose a lottery, basically, of the 18 that they have left and winnow it down to 12. But they, at least hearing Jeff Wagner talk about it, we've been going back and forth about it for the past 10 days or so, they didn't want anyone coming in at the end like you would normally. You know, they wanted them all to be together, so it's more of a cohesive, or at least appears to be more of a cohesive decision. And you mentioned the social media um, Friday. Gage Grosskreutz, who testified yesterday, wrote a Facebook message about his upcoming testimony three days before. So to your point and how fast things move, it, it, it's more, I think, of a living element than it ever has been before because you have access to this. You have so many people involved and so many young-ish people, you know, people in their 20s who use social media all the time. And, and I'm sure if you're a witness in this, you're, you know, you don't have to pull yourself away. You do if you're a juror to not right. pay attention to any of this stuff. But if you're a witness, you... You could be tweeting right before you walk into the courtroom. So that's kind of has been interesting to, to see. It's something that's not going away. And and again, I, I just think the, the influence of social media and the changes we have seen in our culture, 
uh, just can't be overstated. No, and one thing, too, to keep an eye on once we start to winding down and the jury, you know, the defense rests and closing arguments and everything are given is, will the jury be sequestered for the verdict, which is more uh, prominent than it is if you have a jury sequestered for the entire trial, and kind of how that will play into things. I mean, if they get this on Friday and they're going to be sequestered, it is sad to rush justice, but it's two weeks before Thanksgiving. People are oh, it makes a big very deal. busy. Do you want to be sequestered in a hotel for a full weekend and kind of burn one of your last weekends? So all of those things, I think, will will play a role in, in when they actually hand this over to the jury. All right. You know, and I'm just this is my two cents to address exactly what you just said because I I was picked for a jury up in Ozaki County a few years ago, and I was like, for sure, I'm never going to get it. I'm never going to be on it because I'm in the media and they're going to, they, they wanted me on this thing. And I'm like, great. I'm surprised. So, so then we get in the back and it's like, okay, we're going to hire, the, get the foreman. Well, who got the foreman? I did. So what I'm saying to you is because we were locked in a room until we, and, and we had people that were at loggerheads with one another. And I said the exact same thing. I said, all right, you guys. We got to figure out some kind of compromise. Otherwise, we are going to be here for the weekend. And that was the one thing that kind of got people moving. And they were just like, oh, yeah, maybe I don't want it. And not that we did the wrong thing. We did the it was absolute right thing. But it was the only thing that could break that deadlock. Well, and sometimes you're just going to keep going over and over the, over the same arguments, and it doesn't change anything. No. It, it doesn't change anything. Mike Spaulding from the WTNJ Breaking News Center. Thank you so very Thanks, much. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. For that update. Uh, it's twelve sixteen. got to go to go to break. It's uh, Carolyn Jane on WTMJ. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Jeff is off. He will be back on Thursday. Jane and Carol filling in just for a couple of days. Going to switch gears right now. The Packer, the Packers, the Bucks. Of course, we're at the White House yesterday uh, to be honored as NBA champions, and that got us talking about being dumbstruck when you've ever met a celebrity. You know who really y- you love them, you admire them, and you're finally face to face with them, and all you can do is go. Um, I have a, I mean, I have a few that I, the ones that I kind of always use is like, I remember once, um, like the doorbell was ringing to the building that I was working at and I, I went out and I looked out the door and I went back in and I go, Hey guys, Dan Aykroyd's standing at the front door. (laughs) (laughs) And just Danny Aykroyd? Yeah. Alone? He, he, he. And his cab driver. Oh, my God. He had been listening. He was just like, I want to go. I want to go over there. They sound like they're fun. So let's go over there. So he had the cab driver. And the cab driver, I was like, we can get you a different cab. He came in. He spent, like, hours with us. And he goes, ah, no, I can afford it. That's hilarious. (laughs) It was hilarious. It was hilarious. Um, And some, you know, we did uh, the one that I really remember that was so really impactful to me because and i think it was maybe i was the only woman in the room we were doing our show from covent garden in london and we had you know uh, people from led zeppelin show up john paul jones showed up and you know all these you know iconic rock musicians and all of a sudden here comes paul rogers who is uh, the lead singer of bad company and free oh wow the whole thing and he looked like a like a smaller version of Paul Molitor with the dark hair and the steel blue eyes and that whole thing. So I'm sitting there and, uh, 
I, I open my mouth and I go, oh, God, I love all right now. Could you possibly? He's got his guitar. He's, I said, would you possibly? And then behind him stands his manager with this just like, horrified. I, I couldn't. I, that's the best way to describe it. Now, unbeknownst to me, I had no idea that the manager had said to our producer, he will not play. <laughs> oh, Carol. So you put him on the spot. And he sat down. Across from me, he was closer than you and I at this particular point, and he stared into my face and my eyes and sang the entire song just to me. Oh, wow. And I was just like flummoxed. <laughs> I was just like, oh, my God. And you are never at a loss for words. No, I, never. I, I No. And I, and I remember him, and I just was like, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And all he said to me was, must be the eyes, darling. Oh, wow. And I'm like, all right, I... I'm done. I can't I, work anymore. I can quit now. <laughs> Did anybody get that on on film? Did anybody record it? No. Probably this is not. this is long before cell phones, I assume. This is a story I'm taking with me <laughs> as far as it'll go. How about you? Well, we'll get to me in a minute. Uh 855-616-1620 is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Uh Mike McCarthy had a moment where he was flummoxed. Take a listen. The guys that are in your Thursday and their practice young guys session, what's the benefit of that for them? Just to, just extra practice work and doing Cowboys versus Cowboys stuff, or is it Cowboys versus opposing teams? Well, it's really the game plan of that week. It's you know making sure they're they're focused on you know being ready for the the game you know the game plan. It's it's, it's no different than what the starters are going through. You know on, on Wednesday, you know. Uh, Ro- Roger Stallwell. <laughs> so, but, uh, man, I'm, 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 I'm shook. Uh, uh, thinking about the old Super Bowl, Steelers and the Cowboys. But uh, no, what the hell were we talking about? <laughs> Mike McCarthy getting flummoxed with a, uh, a look at uh, Roger Staubach walking by during a press conference. That's so funny. He, so sounds, he seems like such an unflappable human being. Uh, McCarthy. McCarthy. Well, you know? he's you know he's that Pittsburgh guy, and they're just you he's know grounded, and he's tough, and he's you know a little terse. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So it's really that's really sweet to hear him. Uh, he was so when I watched it, I was just you couldn't help but smile because he's like waving like a little kid, it's like oh hi, <laughs> hi, and it was just so cute. We're gonna go to break and take your calls and text after this. Have you ever been flummoxed by a celebrity? Who have you met or just run into in Milwaukee or wherever the? Net Mortgage Talk and text line is 855-616-1620. You are listening to WTMJ. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. My bad, Jeff. We'll be back on Monday. <laughs> uh, Scotty Warris is going to be filling in for Jeff on Thursday and Friday. Nice, the, nice there little go, music Kyle. there, Kyle. Well done. Uh, we have a texter who wants to know who it was that sang to you. Paul Rogers. From from bad company and uh, free, he's he's actually considered the best, the greatest rock and roll voice of all time. That is so cool. Oh, <sighs> that is so cool. Eight five five six one six one six twenty is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Talking about your brushes with greatness. If you were flummoxed, if you were tongue tied when you met a celebrity, we're going to go to Bob in Waukesha right now. Bob, thanks so much for calling. Who did you run into? Hey, Carol and Jane, how are you? Good. Well, I, I have to, I have to tell you, I, I beg your producer not to hang up on me. I'm, I'm a lifelong Chicago Bears fan, and I spent 29 years with the Miami Dade Police Department. 
and the year after the Bears won the Super Bowl, uh, I, I I was uh, working a game, a preseason game at Pro Player Stadium, and uh, I went in the clubhouse and met Jim McMahon, and then I asked him if Sweetness was there. He said, "Yes, yeah, Sarge, I think he's in the back getting taped up." And he walked back. Walter Payton came out, and he looked at me. You can imagine how hot it was. Uh, and he said, Sarge, you really look hot. Could I get you something cold to drink or a sandwich or something? And I'm typically not at a loss for words, but I, I was literally at a loss for words. That's really cool. <laughs> that is cool. And how gracious he was. Oh, just, you know, it just, uh, what do they say about the good dying young? Yeah, you're right. You're right. He seemed like a nice guy. So, and you know what? In all honesty, Jim McMahon always, he wasn't as braggadocio as everybody made him out to be, too. He seemed like an okay dude. Oh, he was, he was a terrific guy. He autographed my book. Uh, I, I, I could complete the story, but it probably shouldn't be on radio. <laughs> okay. <laughs> totally fine. Jeff or Bob, we don't want to lose the FCC license our second day on the air. That, that looks bad. Yeah. Thank, thank you yeah. so much for calling. Um, Texture, I was assigned a seat next to Bart Starr on three separate Delta flights. What a great person. And no, I did not talk to him about football. And I bet he appreciated that. Bart Starr was a stellar human being. Yeah, yeah. I would be... That would be an uh, like a wow moment for me. Because it's, I mean... It's Bart Starr, for Pete's sakes. Absolutely. You know, I mean, what else can you say? It's Bart Starr. Can I take a picture with you? I, I, I would have to want to take... I hope he would take a picture with me, you I, know, at the time. I believe he was a very accommodating and very humble. He was a really humble man. Because I'm sending that to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> looky me, looky me. Exactly. Mary from Greendale has been hanging on. Thank you so much for waiting, Mary. Who did you run into? Uh, I ran into Dustin Hoffman in New York. Oh, love him. Did you just go all googly? Um, Well, yeah, it was kind of embarrassing. My husband and I had never been to New York before, and we saw some people waiting in line in a roped-off section, so we did not go there. We went into a little alcove, and um, that was probably the wrong thing to do, but we saw a limousine uh, pull up, and uh, a very large security guard came out with Dustin Hoffman, and I kind of went through security and walked up because I wanted to shake his hand, and that's probably the wrong thing to do too but he came up to me in his khaki pants and royal blue sweater and i'm short and he's very short and uh, he came up to me and gave me a hug and he said my dear how very nice to meet you and the guard was going to push me away but he didn't and i i was so dumbfounded that my iq probably dropped to minus two i couldn't i couldn't even think of a movie he was in that's hilarious that was standing in the roped off desk was very upset with us. I mean, you know, right? They had when, probably been waiting there for hours. I know. Right when you need that line, Mrs. Robinson, are you trying to seduce me? You go blank, uh, right? It was. Uh, <laughs> it was terrible. I was. I just went blank. But it was. Uh, it was a highlight, and he was ever so nice. And he looked me straight in the eye and just put my hand in both of his hands and gave me a hug. And, oh. No, we did not have a cell phone, so. But it was a highlight. Oh, so I'm sure. That's that's just lovely, Mary. Thank you so much. And, you know, they could have had the security guards tackle you. <laughs> well, Seriously, you don't know who's coming at you. And, and for him to walk up and hug her, and that's that's really lovely. Well, the, the one incident that I had um, didn't end that well was we were doing our show backstage from... Uh, the Emmys and the Oscars, and we did that. Swanky. Yeah, I know. Mm. Whatever. So um, 
I was following Bruce Willis. It was his um, moonlighting days, right? Oh, yeah. So he was, it was just huge. Getting, yeah, it was huge, but he was just getting started. And so I'm trying to engage him, and I've got the recorder, and I'm, and his his staff were like, he's not going to talk to you. So, but I'm young and stupid, and I'm going to follow him. So I did because I was going to get I was going to get something. And it, I think they said to me three times, he's not going to talk to you, and he just kept kind of brushing by me. Right. And finally, one of his security guards, I'm wearing a dress, Jane, picks me up by like what would be my lapels, picks me up, slams me against the wall, Cheryl. and says. I said he's not going to talk to you. And I'm like, where is TMZ when you need it? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody had a cell phone, but I'm like, oh, no, he slammed me up against the wall. And then just and the guy who was the organizer of the whole event came running up to me. He's like, are you all right? And I'm like, what a wow. What a mm-hmm. wow. Yeah. I can, but I can so see you doing that. I can so see you. Even though they said he's not going to talk to you, leave it alone. Oh, just give me a minute. I can just, I can just it's like see a horny you doing puppy. That. I just keep coming back. Eight five five six one six one six twenty is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Have you ever met a celebrity and been dumbfounded? We have Ken from Milwaukee who's been hanging on. Hi, Ken. Hi, Ken. Who, who did you run into? Okay, I was playing golf in Miami in nineteen eighty nine, and the fact I was playing with Eddie Carroll, the jockey who rode the Citation to the Triple Crown in nineteen forty eight. But after we got through playing, I was in a locker changing my shoes, and my friend said, hey, Ken, come on out here. I want you to meet somebody. So I went out there, and there was Joe DiMaggio sitting in a golf cart. Oh, my God. That's phenomenal. Joe DiMaggio? Joe DiMaggio. And he spent about 15 minutes with me, and he was so gracious and just a, a real, real nice guy. And he signed my scorecard. I still have his, uh, his autograph. And he was just a delightful person for about 15 minutes that I spent with him. That is so nice. That's really cool. That's great, Ken. And a memory you're never going to forget, you know. And the oh, fact, I'll never forget it. Right? And the fact that he was... No matter how old I get, I won't forget <laughs> it. See? Might forget your wife's name, but Joe DiMaggio, <laughs> you're going to remember. Yeah. Joe DiMaggio. He was a neat guy. Thanks so much for calling, Ken. Really appreciate it. We're taking your texts, too. In the 1980s from the 262, I drove taxi in Phoenix. One Sunday, I was sitting at Sky Harbor Airport waiting for a trip. Suddenly, Slash and Duff McCann from Guns N' Roses got in my cab. I took them to a hotel in Scottsdale. They gave me a $50 tip. You know, and the thing is, is what this highlights is it doesn't take much to make a really great memory for somebody. And it, and it does nothing but enhance your reputation through the ages. Now, my Bruce Willis story, I'm telling everybody. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like, I got manhandled by Bruce Willis's security. That should be a T-shirt. <laughs> but, you know, he wasn't a nice man. So I'm going to tell the story. Absolutely. And... I think, unfortunately, again, with the advent of social media, I think we are a lot more intrusive now than we were 20 years ago Right about, you know, interrupting them at dinner. And I can see when they get sick of that stuff. And of course. I, can I take a selfie with you and, and all of that stuff. I can see how it would be annoying. Um, but it's it's nice to, to read some of these and hear some of these tales about people who were really who were nice. gracious. And, yeah. and like our, our, our previous caller said, he's never going to forget that 15 minutes with Joe DiMaggio. That's just priceless. Fantastic. It's just priceless. Uh, Steve from Oak Creek is waiting on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line at 855-616-1620. Hey, Steve, who did you run into? 
Well, it was back in the mid-1980s. My gosh, it's like a decade ago, I think. And I was working in the federal building in Detroit, Michigan. I got on the elevator to go down, and as the door opened, I walked onto the elevator, and Rosa Parks is standing there. Oh, my. That's amazing. Like, what do you say to Rosa Parks when you didn't expect to meet her, except, good morning, Miss Parks. Uh, I hope you have a nice day. And, I mean, my goodness, I just stood there in, like, an awe. And yeah. we got off the elevator, and she worked for Judge Damon Keith back then, so she was a common fixture in the building. But it was the first time I ever met her. It was just, it was, it was what an experience, what a moment. Yeah, no, to meet a cultural icon like that, absolutely. And and like you said, Steve, what do you say? I've, I can't bring up any of my accomplishments compared to yours. Yeah, you no, know? No, I've done just, nothing. No, no. <laughs> yeah. <it's> just, <laughs> uh, thank you so much. For, thank you. Uh, this is a great text. Lou from West Dallas and has a picture to prove it. When I used to go into Manhattan, I would hit this dive bar all the time called Jimmy's Corners. It's old school, but still serves $3 Heinekens in the middle of Manhattan. Of all all walks of people, I'm writing go, this down because go I'm there. going to New York in December. And I was lucky to drink with Bono from U2 once. I was really drunk. <laughs> That's hilarious. Lou's got, got his picture there with Bono, and I'm sure that Bono ran into that all the time. I don't think I'm smart enough to be able to hold a conversation with Bono because he's so ethereal. Know, yeah, and so you know, like civically minded, and he always has some kind of thing that he's working towards. And I'm just, you know, I'm like. Uh, can I have a shot of Maker's Mark with this Heineken for $3? That's basically as deep as I'm going to get. Well, and I would probably say, God, I love your glasses. <laughs> Where did you get them? And he'll look at me like I'm a bug. Uh, <laughs> we, have to, we have to go to break, but we are still taking your calls and your texts at the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and text line at 855-616-1620. Carol and Jane on WTMJ. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Jeff is off this week. Jane and Carol filling in today and tomorrow. Scotty War is going to handle it for you for Thursday and Friday. Taking your calls and your texts on the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620. What celebrities you have met that just kind of blew you away and left you flummoxed? We have a text from the 262. I got like this when I met Carol Kane. Oh. <laughs> Isn't that sweet? That's that's really sweet. That's very nice. Thank you very much. But you got to set your bar a little higher. Hey, you might have made their day. Oh, I hope so, because you know? I just think people are so interesting and fun. Kim from Waukesha has been hanging on. Thank you so much for your patience, Kim. Who did you run into that uh, left you a little speechless? Well, hi, Jane and Carol. Thanks hi. for taking my call. Um, years ago, I was um, the proud winner of a Children's Variety Club auction, and I believe Carol was actually involved in it way back then and we won a backstage tour for the young and restless at the cbs studios oh. so we we went out there we're waiting in the cbs lobby and michael tylo comes in um he was off at the time um running some errands he walked in with this long sleeve white shirt sleeves rolled up sunglasses hanging off of his shirt and i my pitter patter of my heart oh my goodness <laughs> so so he uh, took my husband and I to the commissary. Well, of course, you know, back then, I didn't want to have chicken salad hanging out of my teeth. So I'm like, oh, no, I'm not too hungry. 
And so when I look back at the pictures, I'm sitting about six inches away from him. My husband, he must have been at another table because I don't know where he was. <laughs> you weren't worried about him at that point. <laughs> I and, and, and then as equally as highlighting, um, then we, we got to see the, the set. So he left us at the set. And my favorite back then was Doug Davidson, who was Paul from The Young and Restless. I remember. So I have a picture sitting on Doug's lap at Victor's desk. And they probably couldn't get, you know, wait to get rid of these Wisconsin tourists. But <laughs> I tell nice. you, and, and my husband didn't want to go at the time. He said, take a girlfriend. Well, I'll tell you one thing. When Lauren Fenmore came out, he was the first one to get a picture with his arm around her. And back in the day, our pictures, you had to go pick them up at Walgreens or whatever. I didn't get a chance to look at my pictures. He got them and took them to work before I could even see them. So, <laughs> oh, was, golly. What a stinker. It was wonderful. That's great. Yes. Uh, that's great, Kim. Thank you so much for calling. Really appreciate it. AccuNet Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620. Taking your stories about celebrities that you've run into. Uh, from the 262, Carolyn Jane, I met Muhammad Ali in Kenosha. In the late 1970s, he would buy cars as gifts for his friends from a local dealer. It was like being surrounded by an electric field. I'll never forget it. Wow. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Some of those sports icons, you know, he seemed to be, you know, so intense and it just so I can see where the electricity would just kind of like fly off from him. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Uh, we have John calling in talking about his brush with greatness. Oh, Liza Minnelli, John, where did you run into her? <laughs> I was going to a Christmas uh, show at the PAC, the old PAC in Milwaukee, and there was, a, there was a cocktail lounge there. It was called the Red Velvet Chair. So we had our, we had our party with us, and we went in, and I ordered the, some drinks for, the, for our group. And when the, I ordered a stinger for one of uh, my friends, and the bartender says, well, what's the stinger? And I said, I don't know. You're the bartender. And this lady pipes up next to me, and she says, oh, excuse me. She goes, that's a – and she tells them how to make it, cream de mint and vodka or something. And I said, oh, well, thank you. And I, I look at her, I, I'm like, boy, she really looks familiar. And I said, well, why don't you give her a drink of whatever she's having? So we're talking there, and I realized it was Liza Minnelli. And I, it didn't hit me right away. I mean, this was 40 years ago. Wow. And I was maybe like 20 years old. It was right after Arthur. Oh, and, wow. Uh, it, was, it was kind of funny how your first one of your first callers met, mentioned Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> and I thought she was in that movie with him. Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, just the fact that she she sounds like she was really gracious and really fun, and I bet oh she would have been fun to have a, a couple of cocktails with. Oh, she was wonderful and very nice, very polite. And I, I bought her a drink before I realized who she was. <laughs> I love it. So that, that I really love it. Very down to earth. And I heard that she always goes out on, on the town and she always mingles with people. And she goes to to events and she likes to meet people and yeah. that's what she was doing that that is that is so cool john i think if i ran into liza minnelli i would probably drop to the floor and start crying i just <laughs> I, I you know i i just she's so iconic and, yeah. and for so many different things and I, i've been an admirer of hers for a long time and she's had a really weird life and all of that and um it's just nice to hear that uh, that she she was 
nice, pleasant, and, and pleasant. nice. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Thanks, thanks a lot for calling. John. Thank you, bud. R- really appreciate it. Uh, 1978. I was working at Port Plaza in Green Bay. From the uh, this is Mitch from Sturgeon Bay. Uh, Packers opponents often stayed at the hotel next door. I was running errands. Little literally ran into Browns running back Mike Pruitt. I fell down like I'd hit a wall. He was flummoxed too. Hoisted me up and apologized repeatedly. That's hilarious. Luckily, he didn't get hurt. Uh, eventually, uh, he had uh, he had to go. So we had a great time. That is so funny. My money's on the NFL player. <laughs> Hands down. Around, yeah, you run around a corner and you smash into somebody. I'm going down. Yeah, I think I would go with that too. 855-616-1620, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We have a couple people still hanging on the phone. Please hang on. We're going to go to break and we'll be right back after this on WTMJ. And Jane in for Jeff. He is off this week. We're in today and tomorrow, and then Scott Morris is going to take over on Thursday and Friday. We're taking your your calls and your texts at the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line at 855-616-1620 about celebrities you've stumbled upon. I want to talk to Joni um, from Red Granite. Joni, uh, who did you run into, and what was he like in person? Hi there. Uh, Steven Seagal. My husband and I went out to Las Vegas several years ago for the SHOT Show, and someone told us that Steven Seagal was taking pictures with anybody down at the downstairs or whatever. So anyway, we went down there, and he's sitting there with his arms folded and looking, you know, like he always did, very stern. And my husband took the picture. Before that, I said to him, to, to uh, Steven Seagal, I said, would you do me a favor, please? He said, yes, ma'am. What's that? And I said, would you please smile? My kids are never going to believe this. So he did. He smiles in the picture, and that was that. And so I said, I went all the way to Las Vegas just to make Steven Seagal smile. That probably doesn't happen very often, Joni, because I, I told this story once exactly. before. Steven Seagal is one of the worst interviews I ever did. Uh, my One of my previous partners. Right? Oh, my God. One of my previous partners and I had him on the phone, and he was promoting some new TV show that he was on. It was so bad. Painful. And there were so many pauses in between his responses that when we played it back, we added crickets because I thought it was funny. Oh, God. I, you know. <laughs> yeah, I ran. I ran into him, and in, uh, I ran into him in Hawaii, I think, and he was not that forthcoming. You're you're lucky you got a smile out of him. Thank yeah. you so much for calling, Brian from Cedarburg is up next. Oh, Brian, you met the Tan Man. Oh yeah, George Hamilton. Okay, the, the actor. Uh, I was, in 1966, I was in the army, flying from New Orleans to Chicago, and I was. Seating, I, I was in my seat, and this good-looking young man comes walking down the aisle, sits down right next to me, and introduces himself as George Hamilton, which meant nothing to me at the time. Oh. But if, once the plane got off the ground, the uh, cabin attendants that were stewardesses in those days, they were all back the whole flight <laughs> taking care of the two of us. So I, I, I knew he had to be something more than just a good-looking man. <laughs> hey, you got to coast along on George Hamilton's shine there, Brian. That's pretty nice. Yeah, that was quite nice. That's great. <laughs> That's oh, awesome. my gosh. Awesome. Thank you for calling, uh, Brian. On to Joe from Sheboygan, who's been hanging on. Uh, Joe, you ran into the man with the voice. I did. I was at a health conference in Durham, North Carolina, and uh, we got to be talking over this conference in between meetings. And he asked me if I'd like, it was a cafeteria-type place, if I would like to eat with him. And I said, sure. So we had dinner together. And he is the kindest, 
nicest man. We talked about theology and family, and I asked him if he belonged to any denomination, church, and he said, that is such a good question. He said, I've thought about that a lot. He said, I don't belong to anyone because I think if I belonged to one, I'd be missing out so much from all the others. How interesting. Uh, you're, and you're, you're talking about James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones. Nice. I would have probably asked him if he, can I have you record a bedtime story for me? Yeah, anything. Just with that incredible voice, mm-hmm. that incredibly bass. Sure. Powerful sure. voice. Right. What a wonderful experience. He was just awesome. That's great, Joe. Thank you so very much for calling. We are up against the clock. Uh, 855-616-1620 is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and text line. Don't go away, Jane and Carol, on WTMJ. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, in for Jeff Wagner, here's WTMJ's Jane Matinair and Carol Kane. Carol and Jane, Jane and Carol in for the next couple of days, and then Scott Warris will take over for Jeff on Thursday and Friday. Jeff will be back on Monday. We're taking your calls and your texts at the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line 855-616-1620 about celebrities that you have run into and been a little overclimped about. And uh, thank you to your pa- thank you for your patience, everybody who's hanging on the phone. Michelle from Grafton, you have been waiting quite a while. Who did who did you get the chance to meet? First of all, I love listening to the two of you celebrities, of course, in your own right. Oh, well, um, thank you. I was um, an ER nurse for um, a long time, and I remember when we first moved into the new hospital, um, Saint Ascension St. Mary's in Milwaukee on North Avenue and uh, Lake Drive, um, well, even in the old hospital, we took care of, uh, during Summerfest, we were just always packed, and we took care of a lot of the celebrities and opening acts if they had, um, well, some of them chemical chemical imbalances. Sure. There, there's, <laughs> a, there's a there's a shocker. Or yeah, or or injuries. And I was um, I always worked late, and I was at triage, and it was like I don't know twelve thirty one in the morning, and this gentleman wheels this um, young lady in in a wheelchair, and I thought, man, that looks like Kelly Clarkson. And um, then I said to the um, tech working with me, I said, who is who was on stage tonight? And he goes, it was Kelly Clarkson. And so she came up and she was, as she was quite young. This was, you know, probably 10, 15 years ago. It was probably soon after she had won Idol. And um, she, she was as sweet and as Southern as they come. And she was like, Hey y'all, and, she, and I said, I, I said, okay, and your first name, and and she's like Kelly, and I thought it is, it is her, and she said Clarkson, and it turns out she said she had, um, I don't know, tripped or, or something on the left number that she was doing and hurt her ankle, and she said to me, "Gosh darn, I sure hope, I sure hope it ain't broken," <laughs> and so I, I, of course, not being shy, I stood up and said, "Well, Kelly, remember." What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Oh, oh nice touch. Nice yeah. touch, Michelle. Well yeah. done. Yeah. You, you're right, though. I, I, I had the chance to meet her, too, shortly after she won Idol. And she was this tiny, energetic, you know, and, and just seemed very genuine, right? And I, and I think she's continued that on with her, with her TV show, too. She just really, what, what she presents is really what you get. I, I, I totally agree. 
Well, that's a fun story. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Michelle. And uh, Lena, too, from River Hills, thank you for your patience and waiting on the phone. Who did you run into uh, your brush with greatness? Um, I ran into Luciano Pavarotti. Like one um, does. He was, <laughs> he was in town. It was the early 90s, and he was in town uh, doing a concert with the three tenors and himself, and we were invited to have dinner in the ballroom with him afterwards. And um, he had a head table that he was sitting at, and all the patrons uh, were able to, table by table, go up to him and actually talk to him. And as I stood there and talked to him, I I don't know if I could even say anything, but um, he held my hand as he said hello, and I hope you enjoyed the show, and ugh. I know, I know he's since passed away, but every time I hear his songs, it just uh, brings back wonderful, nice. wonderful memory that I actually got to be nice. there with him. Absol- I do have a picture with him as well. So, Oh, that's cool. that's fantastic. Something you will take with you forever. Thank you so much for calling. 855-616-1620, the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We are up against a break. We'll be right back after this. Carolyn Jane on WTMJ. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Jane and Carol filling in for Jeff. Scott will be taking over Thursday and Friday, and Jeff will be back on Monday. We're taking your calls and your texts at 855-616-1620, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line about celebrities that you run into and have been a little dumbfounded by. Harry from Mequon, thank you for your patience and for holding on. Who did you meet, Harry? Well, besides you two, um, recently... In the early 60s, late 60s, early 70s, I worked for Motown Records. So I pretty much met all of the entertainers, all of the uh, the musicians, came to Milwaukee, spent 20 years doing dressing rooms down at the amphitheater, meeting entertainers, meeting the stars, quote-unquote, but nothing compares to meeting Aretha Franklin. I can't even imagine. I would, have, I would have been, I think I would have been afraid to even approach her. Well, I, you know, I've always had the attitude that they're just people like everybody else. This is their job. This is what they do. I couldn't talk. And anybody who knows me knows I can talk to a telephone pole and get an answer. But, I mean, I was, <laughs> as you said, verklempt. It was like, whoa, Aretha. She probably got was, used to that. The, was the biggie. She probably got used to that over the years, people just being unable to speak. It's like, is it's you, isn't it? Right. Yeah, it, it, it is you. Yeah. Th- thank you so much. Thanks, for, Harry. Thanks, Harry. Uh, Eric from uh, Mequon, Allentown. Gosh, gosh, I'm blind. Uh, Eric from Allentown. I'm giving you my glasses. I by have them. I tried. It's not helping. Uh, <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hi, Eric. Hi, who did, buddy. Who did you meet? Hi. Um, back in 1982, I was a uh, college freshman in Delaware at Wilmington. And um, I was at the Democratic headquarters making phone calls for the get out the vote. And uh, all of a sudden, in comes uh, Senator Joe Biden. And uh, I saw him, and I was just, I kind of tongue-tied. The only thing I could say was, uh, let's go Brandon, let's go Brandon, let's go Brandon. And he didn't understand what I was saying, but that's all I could say. Okay, thank you, Eric. Thanks for calling. 855-616-1620 is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I like this one from the 414 uh I was seven years old. I'm 55 now, but for some reason, Zsa Zsa Gabor 
was at Southridge doing some kind of show and she kissed my hand. My mother was in awe and said I should never wash it. I, of course, had no idea who Zsa Zsa Gabor was. Eventually, I had to wash my hands to clean up after my ice cream cone. I remember telling mom, hey, you said I never had to wash my hands again because Zsa 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 kissed it. Uh, Another text from the 262, 1969, I'm 10, playing at a friend's house. When we were called to dinner and sat down, her dad and his friend were already there chatting. We had a nice dinner. Uh, his friend began to get up to leave, and he kept getting taller and taller and taller and taller. My mouth hung open so wide, the gentleman began to laugh, a huge belly laugh, and sat back down with uncontrollable giggles. It was Lou Elsender from the Milwaukee Bucks. My friend's dad was GM of the Bucks at that time. I will always remember Kareem as a man who had that kind of laugh and laughed so robustly. Nice, nice. Isn't that sweet? Yeah. I met Scotty Pippen down when we were in the Bahamas years ago, and Alex, I was taking Alex to the bathroom, and Scotty Pippen was there. And that, I mean, until you stand next to those guys, you don't appreciate how big they are. You don't. <laughs> no. I was just, and I'm I'm formidable when it comes to a, a woman. I have, you're tall. You know, I'm tall, mm-hmm. and so I just remember I had Alex, and I'm looking and looking. And it's just like he went on forever. <laughs> I'm like, my God, look yeah. at the size of you. Yeah, you don't appreciate how big six nine. You know, really seven is. feet tall really is until you're right up next to it. Absolutely. Uh, Scott from Menominee Falls has been hanging on. You met one of the one of the goddesses of the 70s. Well, uh, Vince Lombardi tournament used to be in Menominee Falls every year, but still is. But it was a bigger deal back in 1973 when I was 18 years old. And the celebrities would go to the bar at the Holiday Inn in Menominee Falls uh, after the Friday evening festivities, and I was at the bar, and Farrah Fawcett came up and oh asked God. me to dance. She asked you to she dance? again, so I must not have danced very well. <laughs> you danced with Farrah Fawcett? When I was 18 years old. Good Lord. I'm now 66. And, and did you have conversation while you were dancing, or were you just trying to dance and not fall over? No, we, we, we talked. She was, she was very pleasant. She was... You know, kind of Farrah Fawcett-ish. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, that is one of the cultural icons of the world. Oh. Every guy I knew in college had that poster. Absolutely. It was iconic. Mm-hmm. It yes, was they a- did. Wow, that's, qu- that's quite something. Thank you so much, Scott, uh, for sharing. Patty, too, has been hanging on for a long time from Oak Creek. Hi, Patty. Who did you run into? Hi, ladies. Listen, you guys are awesome, by the way. You should have your own show. Seriously, every day. <laughs> Thank you, um, too. I read, yeah, I'll, give you, I'll give you guys a hint. I'll give you guys a hint. You ready? Okay. And you get a car. And you get a car. And you get a car. Oh, Oprah? Oh, the great and powerful O. Yeah. Yeah, the big O. O, O, O. So this is the deal. So I was doing the breast cancer run, and we were down by Wisconsin Avenue, kind of by the federal building and ended right there. This is probably a state. Like 18 years ago, 19 years ago, excuse me, and um, I saw somebody like going on a cart, like filming somebody. Excuse me, I had a little tickle. And um, I waited, and she ended, and then she went to her car, and I went up to it. She was so polite. I met her dog. She signed my autograph, signed, signed something for me, and she was great. And then the other O that I met was Obama, but he was campaigning for Kerry, and he was down by. Um, the uh, <clears throat> Cathedral Square area, and I was doing, I was down there, but he came up on the stage and he came down, and I was like, oh my goodness, you should run for president someday. So those are my two 
brushes with the oath. Okie doke. Well, not bad. Thanks a lot, Patty. And uh, hang on, because we're going to hire you as our agent. So <laughs> just in case anything comes to fruition, we're going to need someone yeah. to make some... <laughs> we, we need someone yeah. to make some deals for us. That'd be great. Thank you so much for calling. Seriously, you guys, you ladies are refreshing. Oh, thanks. So, well, I was telling you off the air that one of the... You know, you've got these iconic people. I met Gloria Swanson taking the garbage out when I lived in Whitewater. Wait, wait. Gloria, Gloria Swanson from Sunset Boulevard. I'm ready yes. for my close-up, Mr. DeMille. Gloria the Swanson. The same Gloria Swanson. Wow. What was she, she was doing there at Whitewater? Whitewater used to hold holistic conferences, and she was... She was old, okay? So She I mean, must have been. Yeah, she was old. So she was here. For, she was in Whitewater for one of the holistic conferences. And so my roommate comes running in and, oh, my God, Gloria Swanson's out walking. And she was doing, like, her morning constitutional. Sure. So I just grabbed whatever garbage was in the I, – I didn't care. It was – the bag was basically empty, but I'm like, I'm hightailing it down to the garbage. <laughs> and I – because Sunset Boulevard is one of my favorite movies. It's like a classic. Classic movie. And so – um I got down to the garbage and I dumped it in and she was right there and she was so nice and so pleasant. She was tiny. I felt like the jolly green giant. She was she was a teeny, bird. Yeah. Little teeny tiny person. But yeah, I was just like Gloria Swanson. That is so great. I love that you knew who Gloria Swanson was for as an 18 year old. Yeah. You know, that's well, pretty good. I'm kind of odd that way. I know that I'm glad you're sitting down that I just made the statement that I'm a little on the odd side. No. But I used to watch those old black and white movies. That I loved them. Loved them. I knew all of those people. All those old Hollywood stars. Yeah, yeah. 262, uh, one of the nicest people I ever met was Ernest Borgnine. So friendly and down to earth. Just a regular guy. I remember the circus parade sure. that we used to do. And I never had the opportunity. I don't believe that I ever met Ernest Borgnine. But always heard such wonderful things about him. And how, you know, he didn't act like a star. He was he was approachable and, and really... <laughs> Loved, he loved coming here sure. and, and doing all of that. And, you know, some, some stars get a little put upon. Well, but the dude was able to dress up like a clown and drive around in a car for us for Milwaukee. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Come on. I, the, the, there's some, he had some moxie there. And then, you know, he had, cause Tova used to ride with him too. Tova yep. would be there. Yep. And I just saw the Poseidon adventure. It was just on. And you forget Gene Hackman and, and, uh, Roddy McDowell. Yes. All, I mean, the cast of characters, it was just incredible. 855-616-1620 is the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, taking your phone calls and your texts about celebrities that you have run into. we got to go to break. We'll be right back after this. Jane and Carol on WTMJ. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Jeff is off until Monday. Carol and Jane filling in today and tomorrow. Scotty War is taking over for Thursday and Friday. Hey, it's back. The WTMJ Holiday Radio Show returns. WTMJ's Gene Miller's retirement right around the corner. We are throwing him a legendary send-off. Okay, it's a scripted send-off. We've invited surprise guests, and we would love for you to be there, too. It's called It's a Wonderful Career, starring all of your favorite WTMJ personalities, sponsored by Gruber Law Offices. Hope you can join us Tuesday, November 30th. It's going to happen at the Ingleside Hotel in Pewaukee. Tickets on sale now, benefiting Capco's Kids to Kids Toy Drive, which is a wonderful, wonderful event. Head to WTMJ.com for more info, or just text the word TICKETS. T-I-C-K-E-T. 
ATS tickets to the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line at 855-616-1620. We've been talking about this run rushes with greatness, your run-ins with celebrities who really just kind of made you choke or you didn't know what to say. Um, from Bruce, about 30 years ago, I bumped into Billy Joel on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. He stumbled out of some bar three sheets to the wind at like 4.30 in the afternoon. I turned to him and he said, and I said, hey, you're Billy Joel, to which he replied, no blank on Billy Joel. You are a real brain surgeon. <laughs> then he got in his limo and drove off. <laughs> well, Ouch. obviously the day drinking wasn't something he should be doing. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, every now and then, a couple of Bloody Marys during the middle of the day, it's okay. But he uh, mm. obviously had a little bit more than that. Left an impression, uh, apparently. This is sweet. I met meteorologist Paul Joseph. I need to get out more. That's <laughs> Matt from from Howard's Grove. He's a nice Paul Joseph. He's a lovely man. He's a, yeah, yeah. Is a, a lovely man. Um, I have two. Okay. For my own brushes with greatness, and we did a lot more uh, interviews over the phone than you guys did. You guys had a lot more. We in, had a lot more in house in, in studio guests. Yeah. Uh, so some of the big ones that that I was just so excited to be talking to Vincent Price is right up there. I saw him. He may film his cousin's commercials oh, at the Paps. I just love that man. Oh, he was awesome. He was kidding? and funny and yeah. uh, a wonderful chef. And and uh, so even just talking to him on the phone was a, was a thrill. Uh, the other one, a friend and I were at the Sundance Film Festival in Utah. Oh wow! And we're waiting. That's in, pretty high, bro. We're waiting in line to go see this movie. And you know, you're just kind of looking around to see who's there. And I look around and. Rob Schneider is right behind me. So he's the actor from Northern Exposure. Sure. And also the movie Quiz Show had just come out. Oh, okay. And he was one of the main leads yeah. in in that movie. And I'm standing next to my friend and I'm like, Bubba, what can I say to him? Yeah, anything. I, I really like him, you know? Yeah. And then you start thinking about it and then your heart starts going. And so my, my big impressive thing was I turned around and I said, you were really good in Quiz Show. And then I turned back around. <laughs> That's the worst I, story I've ever heard. I know, and he was probably like, God, what a weird person. She's just really you, odd. Never underestimate the power of, hi, are you having a nice day? <laughs> no, just, you were really good. Have a good night. Okay. Thanks a lot. Uh, thank you so much, everybody, for taking part uh, as, we, uh, as we try not to break anything for the next couple of days. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Jeff is back on Monday. Jane and Carol filling in today and tomorrow. Scott Warris taking over for Thursday and Friday. I'm going to talk about weddings for a little bit. And it just really seems like in the last five to ten years, things have gotten so excessive. I mean, really, really over the top. Out of control, I would say, is what it is. I mean, just because of the fact that I think the whole concept of these of these over-the-top brides started with that show Bridezilla and it almost made it look like this is okay behavior you know that you can act like this and demand all this stuff and just go no I mean I some of these dresses if you want to and you go back to the movie Bridesmaids where she you know poor she's looking at the price and going I can't can't afford this I can't afford that Um, probably the greatest idea when it comes to weddings that I've seen coming down the pike is the fact that you just pick a color and go okay go you get a black dress right go get something it doesn't have to be the same style for everybody right Right. get whatever you want yeah but get the same color right and we can work with that right Uh, this jumped out at me uh, yesterday billionaire oil 
heiress Ivy Getty tied the knot in a wedding in San Francisco over the weekend, surrounded by glitterati and dressed to the nines in a custom John Galliano gown. Yeah, please. Now, it looks like it has broken shards of glass all over it. Yeah, it's like this white sheath with these broken mirrors all over it. And it's ugly. No, it's bad. It's, it's, it's ugly. And it's probably a 50000 to a $100,000 dress. Easily. 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 Her veil is embroidered with guitars for her late father and walnuts for her late grandmother. If you want to see uh, the dress in question, text the word DRESS, D-R-E-S-S, to the Acunet Mortgage Talk and text line at 855-616-1620. The just only th- be- just <laughs> because you have a lot of money doesn't mean you have good taste. No, no, no. I see that all the time on Say Yes to the Dress. But I mean, the only thing that's going to make this entertaining for Carol is I want to pull up a chair and have her sit down. <laughs> that's, that's, don't cut yourself I, good luck let's see how this goes for you but i mean so i i can't imagine what the the rest of the wedding was it probably was millions of dollars and just ridiculous but i mean i i've i sent you a story about that this the bridesmaids were leaving this one bride. She was getting like shamed on social media because of the demands that she was making. You know, it's a destination wedding. You got to pay for your own way there. You got to pay for your hotel. You got to pay for your dress. No, hell no. That's a big investment. That's a big chunk of change, it, especially for a destination wedding. And from what I understand, it was also a destination bachelorette party. Right. So now you're expecting your bridesmaids to shell out for two trips couple hotel rooms mm-hmm. and the dress right right and and, and the shoes and, and the hair and, and the make this is what gets it whatever whatever happened to how about you do your own hair i did my own hair for my well it's, it's not much hair to do but i mean <laughs> i never really had long hair and i did my own makeup and my dress was five hundred dollars and my girls dresses were a hundred now i know this was in the dark ages i've right. been married for a long time we, we used torches back then <laughs> Yes, we did. There were no flashlights. But but I mean, it's just like, I I just don't understand how you can expect people to pay this kind of stuff. Well, and then she was hurt because some of her bridesmaids started pulling out saying, it's just too expensive. I can't afford to do this. Sure. They're young people for the most part. Well, not some of them, you know, depends on. But think about if you're if you're 23, 24, 25 years old and you're probably being asked to be in several weddings over the course of a couple of sure. years. Again, that's a big financial out, outlay, and I, I'm wondering what people's budgets are today. If your daughter is getting married, what would, you, what would her dress budget be, first of all? What's the budget for the dress? Do you go up to $5,000, which to me is a lot of money? I, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think I'd go five grand. I, I really don't. But what I'm, if your princess really wanted it? Well, my princess has blue hair, so I the odds of her... <laughs> you can find a nice black sheet somewhere. <laughs> the odds of her wanting a big dress, slim to none. But, I mean, I, I've told Elizabeth, and I mean this with all sincerity, I've told her, I will give you a down payment for a house, and I'll meet you on a beach someplace. There. There's your present. 
And she's kind of like, she always has been very amiable to that, just in like, yeah, that might not That's be practical. a bad, that might be a good deal. A better a better trade-off than the big expensive wedding. Right. I just don't, and this article we were talking about where the bridesmaids were pulling off, this, is, this tells you everything. She also told her bridesmaids that if any of them wants to diet, she'd appreciate it, but they're not forced to. The crest is just a suggestion. You come to me and tell me you want me in your wedding, and then you tell me I got to lose weight. I'm not even going to your wedding. That's so insulting. If if image is everything to you, then you should have picked your bridesmaids not on your friendship with them, but on their shapes. If I, if you're going to come to your bridesmaids that you've already asked, and then say, oh, by the way, could you drop a couple pounds? That's that's really unfeeling. Yeah, no, I'm not doing that. You know, we're supposed to be cho- selecting these people because they're our friends. Right. And they're important to our lives <laughs> right, and right. are going to be important to our relationship going forward, not that you're a perfect size four. If that's if that's your criteria, then you should be selecting differently. I just find it, I mean, the, the, the cost of weddings has just so changed since, and once again, I know it was the dark ages, but I can tell you that my dinner, even uh, for everybody, and I had about 125 people. You had a smaller wedding. Yeah, we, I was had, we, yeah we had like 76 people. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we. my dad spent $7.25 a plate. <laughs> <laughs> I've always thought we should have potluck weddings. Well, wouldn't and that every, be classic Wisconsin? Is, right, though? You bring a hot dish, and somebody else brings the cream cheese bars. And the lemon squares. You got a pot of chili sitting in a Nesco at the right, end of the table. And have some hot beef sandwiches and we're good to go. Yeah, I don't think anything wrong with that. I think that's really kind of a charming idea. It just seems very Wisconsin to me. 855-616-1620 is the Accident Mortgage Talk and text line. If you want to see this dress with the broken shards of glass all over it, just to text the word dress to that number. We'd also love to hear from you on what is the max you would spend for your daughter in particular uh, for a dress what's what's the highest you would go or what have i'd be curious what have you spent what did your daughter or your son's wedding because it's not so much that it's just the bride's family oh not anymore because it's gotten to be such a huge expense that you know both parties are kind of you know contributing but absolutely i'd be curious as to what you've spent for a wedding no judgment i you can do whatever you want it's just sometimes i think for that one day be, be a nice down payment for a house and I know I know somebody got married the same day that I did had this big blowout. I was I was getting married, so they were a bunch of people went to that wedding instead. Right. Marriage lasts a year. Mm. So splashing out for the big expensive wedding is no guarantee of anything. Anything. Jane and Carol on WTMJ. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Carolyn Jane filling in for Jeff. He'll be back Monday. Scott War has taken over for Thursday and Friday. We're taking your calls and your texts at the Econet Mortgage Talk and Text Line 855-616-1620. Talking wedding dresses and just costs overall. Love to know how much you spent or how much your daughter spent. Uh, first, though, this message from Carol King. Are you looking for somewhere to watch this weekend's Packer game? Because I know I am. <laughs> I'm always looking for someplace fun. And I want to join WTMJ's Debbie Lazaga at Fox's Pub in Greenfield. She's going to be there from 3 to 6. With She's got games, prizes, and so much more. And you can enjoy Miller Lite and Coors Light bottles for 325 225 taps. 
When was the last time you were able to have a 225 tap? It's the Miller Lite Packers Watch Party with WTMJ's Debbie Lazaga. She's really fun. So just go and hang out. She'll have a great time. For more information, go to WTMJ.com. All right. Thank you so much. A text from the 414. I was afraid when my daughter said she wanted a certain designer's dress and she could only find it in Minnesota. I already told her I would pay for it. When she put it on and started crying, I knew she loved it. $1,250 later, she has her beautiful dress. This is what kills me, though. P.S. My entire wedding 39 years ago cost $3,500 for 300 people. Wow. Think about what that would cost you now to, to, feed, wow, yeah. to feed 300 people. It you know ha- how many Scafidi had at his, right? No. He had over 500 people. I'm not going to get 500 people to my funeral. <laughs> sure you will. Have an open bar. <laughs> You want to know something? That would be priceless, Carol. Carol decided that you could have a drink at her funeral. But, yeah, I mean, 300 people. My goodness Again, this is, this is almost 40 years ago. Right. Um, but and, uh, but it is remarkable how, how things are so expensive. Well, 1250 to tell you the truth, I don't find that completely extraordinary for a dress no, nowadays. No, I don't either. I, mean, I, I don't either. A- again, it, it depends upon what you're looking for. It depends upon... You know what you can what you can afford. The only thing I'm always concerned about is I think it's such a mistake for people to go into debt. Oh, sure, without a doubt, for a day like this, or for a dress, or for you know what right, I mean. Right. It's it's a matter of of practicality, and uh, if someone agreed with you too, you know, give them a down payment on a house. Right. Well, and here's the deal on the dress. You know it, and Steve's talked about it on the show money many, many times. You're spending all this money, and I, mine is in a box in the basement. It's been there for 30, have I looked at it once since I took it off the night of my wedding? No. no. Why would I? I mean, it's so, I, I had a hat. Please, I love hats. I was don't disparage I, hats. No, I my whole my whole look screamed 1986. <laughs> it was you were it was, a bride of the times. It was 1986 with the big, big sleeves. Oh, did and, you have the puffy sleeves, the mutton sleeves? Oh yeah. Oh, I so want to see a picture of this. Okay, I'll I'll you're bring gonna, something. You're gonna have to come up with that. I I I have it hanging in my like a big portrait hanging in my hallway, and I literally walk by and go, "Who is that child?" <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty once. Oh, stop it. Uh, Tom from Bayview has been hanging on for quite a while. Hi, Hi, Tom. Thanks for joining us. What do you want to say? Hey, I just wanted to give you the other end of the spectrum as far as um, doing it on the cheap. And um, when I was married in 2000, uh, and that's, you know, the Milwaukee way, um, uh, my mother uh, took my then-to-be bride downtown to the most expensive dress shop in the city. She picked out the most expensive dress, and my mother measured it with her hand, uh, went to the car, drew a pattern for it, um, went home, uh, bought a ticket to New York because that was the only place she could buy the silk for it. That was probably the most expensive part of the uh, of the wedding. And then you could fly out to New York for $49 on Midwest Express. But um, came back home, sewed, sewed the dress. Uh, we were married in St. John's Cathedral, uh, which was very nice. Um uh, but the reception was at my mother's house, which is a uh, Victorian mansion on the west side. We had about 120 guests. My mother cooked all the food. One of uh, my wife's friends baked the cake. Uh, a friend brewed beer for <laughs> the party. Um, uh, we did serve wine, uh, but it was a, it was an inexpensive affair. 
Oh, and, that, um, and it was still a classy affair. Oh, I bet she was uh, just a vision and how lovely that your mother was so talented that she was able to recreate that dress. That's remarkable. But you're right, Tom. That is such a, that is such a Milwaukee, Wisconsin thing to, you know what? We'll just make the food and we'll bring some She's dishes. Like and superwoman. Yeah. That's, that's, that's awesome. What do you remember what right, you had? And, and, I'm sorry. Her family didn't, her family didn't have much money, if any. And, uh, and nor does mine. Um, but, but, but like you said, there's a certain amount of talent, and where there's a will, there's a way. Yes, absolutely. And i got to be honest with you, I might like take that step and say, I'll make the food. Halfway through making the food, I'm not a happy camper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, my mother always enjoyed uh, entertaining for people. So, nice. Uh, she did, you know, she, I, I, think, I think she just didn't expect me to... You know, add an additional seventy-five guests. <laughs> oh, Tom! Oh, you're lucky you have a loving oh, mother. That's nice. Oh my gosh! And, and 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 finally, the weather was cooperative because otherwise, uh, it would have been a little bit of a crowd in the house. Yeah. Oh, I bet. I bet. Oh, that's a great story, Tom. Thank you so much for for hanging on and for sharing it. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. The Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We got to go to break. We'll be right back after this. Jane and Carol on WTMJ. Carol and Jane in for Jeff. Scott Morris taking over for Jeff Thursday and Friday. Jeff will be back on Monday taking your calls and your texts at the Econet Mortgage Talk and Text Line at 855-616-1620. We're talking about weddings, wedding dresses, how expensive things are, how much did you pay, how much are you willing to pay. Uh, we have someone from the 414, kind of the other side of this. We spent $40,000 for our son's wedding, and it was worth every penny. Wow, that's a lot. It is a lot of money. Well, but- I know that there are some venues that like you have to commit to like twenty five to thirty thousand dollars in like food and venue and that kind of a thing before you can even sign the papers. Right. Um Well and then you're also talking about tablecloths and tableware and all of it because not all of those it's not always all inclusive. Oh God! Depending no. upon where you go, right, 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 and the flowers can be expensive, and um, depending on, and then you've got, then you got to take into consideration because you got to give gifts as a bride or right, a groom. Right, you have to give gifts to your bridesmaids or your atten- mm-hmm. your attendants. There mm-hmm. you go. Um, I always find it fascinating when it's like, how many attendants do you? Ha- I had two. I had three. I had my sister Beth, my sister Sue, and my girlfriend Marsha. That was it. Um, you didn't have twelve. No, I didn't want 12. (laughs) Too much chaos. There's too much stuff going on. Too much chaos. The the biggest thing we did and our biggest expense at our wedding was we brought up Big Twist and the Mellow Fellows from Chicago. Oh, you had a live band. We had a live band. We had a live band and we had a polka band. We had two because we had the Polish side that we had to take care of. Oh, that's awesome. And so then we had Big Twist and the Mellow Fellows that used to play Summerfest. And the, the big guy came up and he says, I don't know who the groom knows, but we don't do no weddings. <laughs> well, you did this one. Sure did. From the 920, hey, ladies, I work part-time for a wedding venue, and I worked this wedding that had $10,000 just in flowers. The band was $30,000. I don't even want to know what they spent on their dress, which was gorgeous. Open bar the entire night. It had to have been well over $100,000 for the wedding day. What was thirty grand? The, the uh, band. Who the hell was the band? 
Ario. I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say, just chiming in, I just think, uh, you know, it probably depends on if it's, and I hate to say this, but like your first wedding or is it your second wedding? Because you may be willing to pay a little bit more for your first one, but if that doesn't work out, your second one, you're probably not thinking that's the biggest thing ever. Right. Well, and you're you're assuming that you're older, you're older and, and, and you're, you've kind of gotten the things that you need to get. And it's more about the relationship than it is about the absolute experience. You okay. know, but, well, but I get it. I get it because, you know, I'm divorced and I my first my wedding was beautiful. Was it huge? It, it wasn't huge. I'd say 150 people. That's that's about that's average. About average. Yeah, I don't think that's insane. But I would say if I was to do it again, um, you know, I would want it really small, like really small. See, I think that's interesting that you say if I was to do it again. Yeah. There is absolutely no way I'm walking down the aisle again if something happens between me. No way. Yeah. Not doing it. Uh-uh. You did Wild horses couldn't drag me to that altar. <laughs> All right, with that endorsement of marriage, <laughs> there we go. we're going to break. It's Jane and Carol on WTMJ. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, in for Jeff Wagner, here's WTMJ's Jane Matinair and Carol Kane. Carol and Jane with you for another hour, and then we'll be back tomorrow at noon, from noon to 3, and then Scott Morris will take over mm-hmm. Thursday and Friday. Jeff is coming back on Monday. Uh, we already wrapped up our conversation about weddings and how much we spend and how much is too much, but I just want to close out with this one. This text from the 414 spent $1,200 on my wedding $1,400 on my divorce both were well worth it <laughs> okay that's hilarious <laughs> you may you got off on the cheap on both ends right yeah that's, holy smokes that's, that's quite a deal $1,400 yep yep all right, we're going to switch gears a little bit. Uh, Senator Josh Hawley from Missouri was in an interview uh, on HBO's uh, program Axios uh, talking about what the definition of a man is. What is a man, asked Hawley. Well, a man is a father. A man is a husband. A man is somebody who takes responsibility. As conservatives, we've got to call men back to responsibility. We've got to say that spending your time not working, we have more and more men who aren't working, spending their time on video games, spending your time watching porn online while doing nothing is not good for you, your family, or this country. And I certainly agree with some of that. I, uh, online pornography is an enormous problem. Without a doubt. It is. It's it's pervasive, and unfortunately, I think it's become more violent. I would agree. I, I'm not... I can be perfectly honest with you that my porn watching days are few and far between. I, you know, I, uh, <laughs> Melissa's I, dying over there. I watched oh the movie, gosh. I watched the movie Deep Throat once upon a time with what's her name? And I was just like, oh, okay, you know what? Uh, it's not for me. I, but I understand that it's. <laughs> Eyes Wide Shut is the one I think, which wasn't really pornography, but that was that Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman movie was the most boring thing I'd ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. It's like, oh, my God. Well, Stanley Kubrick is odd. Yeah, uh, odd. odd. Yeah. But I, I question, I guess, a man as a father. Uh, not every man 
not every woman for that matter, are meant to be parents. And, no. ju- and just because you can procreate doesn't necessarily mean that you should. Well, and he's calling out, uh, you know, and he's making this political, which I think is ridiculous. You know, you can have your own viewpoint on things, but I don't think you have to uh, define. He's he's saying that the left is defining traditional masculinity as toxic. And I don't know where that comes from. I don't understand. I, I need to have him sit down in front of me and just go, OK, I need to ferret a few things out from you because what is it exactly that you're going for and no um i know a lot of very good men that aren't fathers and they just never felt the need to have their own children and that's fine but that doesn't take away that they are kind compassionate responsible responsible caring people and i just don't understand where this where he's taking this. You know what I mean? There's just so many questions that I have. Right. Uh, Again, I go back to, I think, one of the reasons why we're in the situations that we are today is because enough potential parents don't really stop and think about what this means. You know, it's just part of life. I'm going to get married, and I'm going to have children, and that'll be great. You have to be really selfless, I think, to be a parent in order to parent well, Well, it does. I always say when you have a child, it's 20 years of your life. Like it was 20 years. I had Elizabeth. How old was I? I was 30 when I had Elizabeth and I was 34 when I had Alex. And until I was able to turn them loose after they got through college, they were my responsibility. And I took great pride in helping them along and being there for them when they needed me. But didn't you have to make, you had to make choices and you had to make some sacrifices for for their benefit, right? Of course. Because their needs should, should preclude your own. I mean, I was in a position and I know not everybody has this uh, happen, but I paid for their college education. I was able to do that for them. And that was their big gift from me. But it came uh, to do that. We didn't take vacations. We didn't go anywhere. We like a big night out for us was going to the Olive Garden. And I'm being completely honest with that. It was like, oh, we could. Can we go to the Olive Garden? Unlimited breadsticks. Yeah. Unlimited breadsticks and the salad. And I can maybe have a glass of wine with my tilapia dinner and you can knock yourself out. Go get the pasta. But I mean, that was a big, big deal. There are trade offs. Right. But I, I wouldn't, tr- but I wouldn't trade that for anything. Oh, of course not. Yeah, that's that's not what I'm saying. I guess just what I'm saying is, not every person is meant to be a parent, and I and I don't think that defines you as whether or not you're you're a good man or a good woman. Yeah. As far as that goes, what what words would you associate with being a good man? Eight five five six one six one six twenty is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We'll take your calls and text right after this break on WTMJ. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Jeff is off until Monday. Carol and Jane with you today and tomorrow. And then Scott Warris takes over for Thursday and Friday. We're taking your calls and your texts on the Accunate Mortgage Talk and Text Line at 855-616-1620. What makes a good man? What makes a good woman? Senator Josh Hawley says a man is a father. A man is a husband. A man is somebody who takes responsibility. Spending your time watching porn online while doing nothing is not good for you, your family, or this country. And we have a texture who wants to know, and I think this is an interesting question. Um, if your wife doesn't want to make love to you anymore, is it bad to watch a little porn instead of going out and cheating? And I, I don't think 
Pornogra- it's not cut and dried like that. Well, this is not so cut and dried. Pornography is is not the taboo that it certainly once was. It's everywhere online. I think we're talking about spending hours and hours. I I knew of an addiction to it at some point. Those are, time. That's a real thing. Yeah, and um, it was beyond anything else that this particular individual could even see past or think about. That was it. It just became the an focus, obsession. right? And I think that yes, there is a time. There's a time. Listen, I'm no prude. There's a time and a place for everything. Maybe I got an idea. Why don't you sit down and watch with your partner? Maybe there would be something there. You know, women are different than guys in many respects. And it's hard, I understand, to to see the other side. But women want to be wooed. Women want to feel wanted. Not just, hey, let's hit the, let's hit it. Let's go, baby. Let's hit it. No, I, I, it's just more romantic for women than that. Well, I think men are very much uh, stimulated visually, and women are, are more stimulated uh, intellectually, or as you said, romantically. Um, Megan's been waiting on the phone. She's from Milwaukee. Uh, thank you for hanging on, Megan. What do you want to say? Hi, ladies. First of all, really nice to hear both of you, two women on the air, talking about these topics. Thank you. So thank you very much for that. I appreciate it. Thank yeah. You. Um, second of all, I think you're dead on in trying to explore some of the nuance of pornography. I think, in general, um, there have been certain stereotypes about both pornography, who watches it, and what what its impacts are. One of the most deeply concerning things for me is the accessibility of very violent and misogynistic uh, porn for young people, and not they don't have the appropriate context um, to consume that. They're not mature enough to consume that. That's very different than adults consuming porn and being knowledgeable about it. The the reality is, and uh, Josh Hawley's comments sort of bring these two points together, is that we've got a country that's very still puritanical and repressive about sexuality and sex itself, the act itself. And so, you know, there are studies out there that do show effectively some of the positive sides of pornography, particularly for women. Women that watch porn more regularly tend to have more sex and more satisfying sex. So that's really interesting. And and it's very much the idea of sex for enjoyment's sake, not just appropriate, which, of course, brings us to Josh Hawley's second point, which seems to reduce the goodness of people to whether or not they're, they're rearing children, which seems to be a very retrograde or regressive idea to me. People can contribute greatly as parents and also not as parents. Um, and it requires sacrifices on both sides. When you don't have children and you do so knowledgeably and intentionally, you know that you may be giving something up. Um, you also may have self-awareness that you might not be the best parent. So lots there, and, you know, what's disturbing about uh, what Mr. Hawley had to say was this sort of reversion to very traditional sort of old-time values without engaging in more of the nuance. Right. That's scary to me. So thanks thanks again, ladies. Great topic today. You bet. Thank you so much, Megan. What a great phone call. Great phone call. And to address her point, I remember years ago, Speaking to, um, do you know who Stellan Skarsgård is? He was Barnac- yes. he was Barnacle Bill in yes. the Pirates of the Caribbean. Seas. He's in everything, right? His son Alexander was in True Blood. 
we I talked to Stellan Skarsgård at one point in time. Now they're from Sweden, right? And I said, "Isn't it weird to see your son doing what he's doing? He's having all kinds of sex, and he's doing this, and he's like this god, and this, that, and the, in the movie True, in the series True Blood, right? Isn't it weird for you?" And he burst out laughing. He said, "We're Swedish." <laughs> This is nothing. And he said, you guys in the Americas need to loosen up a little bit. How interesting. I found it fascinating because, I, one, I felt like an idiot for asking the question. It was so U.S. American. And second, it was just he was so forthright in the fact of he's like, it's just sex. It's just he's just he's pretending to have sex on the, uh, on the show. Well, and it is interesting that Americans, I think, in general do tend to be squeamish. About well, sex, and yet it's everywhere. Right. Our our advertising is filled with it. Our our magazines are filled with it. The award shows and movies, and you know, it's it's everywhere. But at the same time, we're kind of like la 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 la. And I will say this: that as and going back to the parent thing, because this would be something I would talk to Mister Josh about. It's not fun to sit down with your kids, and as a responsible parent, you should. Sit down with your kids and have the sex talk with them. I can't them. even imagine. I was, I, I was sweating. I sweated through my clothes, especially sitting. Liz was easier, you know, than, than your son. Than my son, but I was just like, oh, now I got to talk to him about this. And he had come. I well, he had had a class at school in fourth grade, right? He came in. He threw the thing against the, the folder uh, onto the kitchen counter, and he just he goes, I don't want to talk about oh, it. Oh, God, that's hilarious. And I said, well, we're going to. So we're going to sit down. Have a, have a seat, son. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. But I'm just like, he. it wasn't fun for him either. I'm sure. It's but, embarrassing. Right. But, but it's it's information that has to be You relayed. have to know this. Yes, you absolutely do. Uh, we're going to get to some of your texts right after this break. 855-616-1620, the Acunet Mortgage. Talk and text line Jane and Carol on WTMJ. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. <laughs> Jeff is off. He'll be back on Monday. Carol and Jane with you until 3 o'clock, and then Wisconsin's afternoon news will take over. Hey, if you need somewhere to watch this weekend's Packers game, join our very own WTMJ's Debbie Lazaga, the best at what she does. She'll be at Fox's Pub in Greenfield, 3 to 6, fun games, prizes, and much, much more. Plus, we got some deals, Miller Lite and Coors Light bottles for 3 and a quarter, 2 and a quarter for taps. It is the Miller Lite Packers watch party with our own WTMJ's Debbie Lazaga. To find out more, go online to WTMJ. Dot com Talking about what makes a good man, what makes a good woman. Senator Josh Hawley from Missouri recently said in an interview, well, a man is a father, a man is a husband, a man is somebody who takes responsibility. Spending your time watching porn online while doing nothing is not good for you, your family, or this country. Okay, well, that statement's kind of stupid. I mean, we what? know that. I, I, you know, okay, Captain Obvious, I get that, you know. Um, but you know what? Never discount either. I always think what makes a good person, man or woman, is how do you treat your fellow human being? Um, there's an awful lot of you-know-what's out there that are, I call them schadenfreuders. They're not happy unless they're making somebody else miserable. Sure. That's just there. They wake up in the morning, and that's all they can think about. And it's like, you know what? If you shed that, 
Just get rid of that. Get rid of that ugliness. You're the sh- you'll feel a weight come off your shoulders and just treats. All you got to do is say hello to somebody and see how it brightens their day. Some random stranger walking by you. Hi, how are you? Are you having a great day? I hope you're having a great day. They will smile and they will walk away. That's what makes a good person on either end. Are you compassionate? Are you empathetic to your fellow human being? Text from the 608. There's a saying I always liked. Any man could be a father. It takes someone special to be a daddy. Uh, From the 262, to be a man is to take care of your responsibilities and make sure that your word means something. If you say you will do something, you have to do it. Mm -hmm. And also from the 414, love and sex are wonderful. Violence and rape are not. I know this seems very simple, but the point is plain. Pornography, unfortunately, is everywhere, and it is. And I think it's really important, especially for your sons, if you have teenage boys at home, uh, like our caller Megan referenced a little bit earlier, the amount of violence in some of this pornography now is really, really disturbing. And if your young man and even your young daughter is watching some of this, it it's going to skew their perspective on what is healthy sexuality. Yeah. Does that make sense? Well, of course. You know why it makes sense? Because you're an intelligent woman, and that was a well-thought-out sentence, and I understood it, and I absorbed it. I, <laughs> there. I, you know, instead of habada, 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 and having and hawing and stuff like that, let's just address it head-on. Sex is there, and we need to teach them what is healthy sex. I don't see what's... What's the big deal? Well, and as you said, we were talking off the air just about some of your uncomfortable conversations with your own kids, and I don't doubt that it's highly embarrassing for everyone involved. It's just got to be cringe-inducing. But who else do you want to deliver that information to them? Don't you want to be the one I who's going to, 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 to control right. that narrative, sure. right? Sure. I wanted to be the one to disseminate the information, and I was the one. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Jeff will be back on Monday. Jane and Carol filling in today and tomorrow. And then Scott Warris takes over for Thursday and Friday. 855-616-1620 is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Carol's going to set this up. A remodeling horror story. Well, here's the deal. Um, The last room, I've slowly, we've been in this house since Elizabeth. She's 32 now, since she was two years old. So we've been there a while. We've been there for a while. And you're talking about things that you set aside while you're raising your family because this stuff just can't happen right away. It's not a priority. Right, exactly. And so I've, I've done all the bathrooms. I've done the living room. I've done the dining room. Um, it's like turtle paste, but we're getting there. So the last place is the kitchen. Which is a big, that's a big remodel. It's, it is. It is a big remodel, and I need to, I'm not going to completely gut it because I don't want to. Because sure. that's an expense I do not want to incur. Sure. I just want it. I'm, here's what I'm doing. I'm putting a bow on a pig. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> putting a bow on a pig. And... I, w- I need a new floor. I'm going to resurface okay. the countertops and get new doors. Okay. Um, the ceiling needs to go. I'm going to the paint and the tile. All that needs to go. I need like a new hood and stuff for the, for the stove and things like that and a new countertop. Okay. So in my, <sighs> investigating, if you will, I've had more multiple, multiple Contractors. Contractors, people coming and giving me estimates. And 
To say that it's, first of all, Jane, I'm just stupid. I really do not understand all of the lingo that's going into, you know, they want this kind of light or that kind of, what are we doing here? And I just, at one point in time with one of them, I just said, stop right now. Too many choices. I don't know what you're talking about. You talk to me like I'm a five-year-old. That's what I need. I need you to talk to me like a five-year-old. And so the one uh, one time it went way over budget. Like I gave him a budget and it went way over. And he's like, but calm down. Let's start. Back, we can, we'll back we, things up a little bit. Right, okay. right. But the one that really, I mean, I've had, like I said, I've gone to multiple places. If anybody's got anybody you want me to check out, I'm happy to do it. Because I'm worried about the cost, too, with the supply chain thing. And that, you know, and wood is a yes. really top uh, yep. custom priority and um so i don't know what to kind of like do but anyhow so i went <laughs> i went to this one and i got the the estimate was this he hand wrote on a piece of paper you know and and i'm like yeah, can't you even give me like a spreadsheet or like a printout wow, or this some specifics about this much yeah. for wood and this much for yeah. tile and this much for labor no and- i got floor this much and i'm like well okay and then he was like, <laughs> he he was um as my buddy andy tarna from on milwaukee said it was the hey little lady moment you know, and I'm sitting there and it was, do you have any questions for me? And we're going to do this and with this. this is easy. I can take care of this. I can take care of this. Do you have any questions for me? And he kept asking me and I'm, and he, and he said to me, you know, if you can uh, find somebody to get you this floor for cheaper, won't hurt my feelings. Okay. Or it won't, or you won't break my heart. He said, okay. and I, so I leaned over to him and I go, damn it. Always wanted to be a heartbreaker, and now you're taking that away from me too. Oh, Carol! <laughs> so, so then <laughs> he kept. At, oh, do you have any questions? Do you have any questions? Do you have any questions? And finally, I looked at him, Jane. I'm just not good in situations like that. And I leaned over and I said, "No, I don't have any questions. I'm done. I have heard everything you've said. I have absorbed it. I've processed it." I understand exactly what you're talking about. So no, I have no questions for you. And it was like, okay. And he, hey, you want to sign the papers now? And I'm like, no, I want to go home and take a shower. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, (laughs) so I'm just like, is it always like this? No, it can't. No, I, gosh, I sure hope not. We've worked with some wonderful contractors over the years. I'm just, I, I mean, I just cannot wrap my head around the fact of, one, I'm not an idiot, so don't treat me like one. I may not understand exactly what you're talking about, but this is your time for the sales pitch, dude. If you want to give me the sales pitch and tell me what this is and what this means so that I can com- comprehend it, knock yourself out i'm 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 sitting here right but i it was just like yeah no i i um uh i i i gotta go home 
Did, did you see the movie Under the Tuscan Sun with Diane Lane? Oh, God, yeah. I just, saw, has, I just saw the end of it. She has four contractors come in, and one has got this really fancy Maserati or something, and he's a very smooth operator. And he's playing with this toothpick as he's as he's giving her the bid. And it is just the most salacious, creepiest uh, way to uh, to try and get a job. Um there, I, are, there are really good contractors I mean, out there. I understand that they are probably in high demand oh, now because of time. the right because of the fact that uh, you know with the COVID kind of pushing al- along and we can now open up and get some stuff done and I I just I do but I'm like this is not not a lot of money this is a lot of money for me and it's a lot of money for anybody absolutely and it's just kind of like huh I Int- wonder- interesting sales pitch yeah uncross your legs and take your hands from behind your he had his hands behind his head and he was leaning back oh ew yeah give him a toothpick and he's right there (laughs) uh from the 262 i had a contractor who gutted my kitchen and just disappeared after the demolition that's horrifying Oh that's my God. horrifying. That's got, Grace and Frankie, where the guy comes in and steals all their copper pipes. But you, you gotta have a. I mean, right? You gotta have a contract. You need to. Uh, hopefully, you have some legal recourse if that's the situation that you end yourself uh, and end up in. That's that's just terrible. Yeah, no. and I know that that happens. There are certainly scams. We've seen it happen when there are disasters like tornadoes and and fires, and scammers will come through and promise to do your roof if you give me half down, and you never see him again. So you do have. To, you do have to be careful and you do have to protect yourself. We're up against the clock. We will take your remodeling horror stories, calls, texts at the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line at 855-616-1620. Carol and Jane on WTMJ. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Jeff is off until Monday. Jane and Carol with you till 3 o'clock. We'll be back tomorrow at noon. And then Scott Warris taking over for Jeff for Thursday and Friday. Coming up, uh, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line 855-616-1620. We're talking about remodeling jobs. Yes, we are. And we're also talking about the TMJ Holiday Radio Show coming back. It's going to be great. We missed it last year. WTMJ's Gene Miller's retirement is right around the corner. Makes me very sad because he's been a formidable opponent for me for so long. Decades. Yeah, and we're throwing him a legendary send-off. It's a scripted one, but it's legendary nonetheless. We've invited some surprise guests. We want you to be there, too. It's called A Wonderful Career, starring all your favorite WTMJ personalities. It's sponsored by Gruber Law Offices. So join us. It's Tuesday, November 30th. It's at the Ingleside Hotel out in Pewaukee. Tickets are on sale now. And benefiting Capco's Kids to Kids Toy Drive, which is a really fun thing. It's Head fabulous. To, it's really great. They yep. do a great job up there. Head to WTMJ.com for more info or text the word TICKETS, T-I-C-K-E-T-S, to the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line at 855-616-1620. That's where we're also taking your calls and texts right now about remodeling stories, both good and bad. Pippa from South Carolina, distance listener. Hi, Pippa, what do you want to say? Well... Hi there, ladies. Hi. Good to hear you. Hi. So, Carol, do you know exactly what you want to do in your kitchen? Uh, well, yeah. Or you yeah. Just have some general ideas. No, no, no. I know exactly what I want to do. Um, it's just. Okay, so we just redid our bathroom here in South Carolina. And we've done other projects in the past where 
in some cases we've had an interior designer come out and in other cases we have not. I would highly suggest you spend the money to get an interior designer to help you with all the translation between what you want and what a contractor is going to do. Okay. And the other thing I would recommend is don't do anything this year. We started our bathroom remodel in April. We started picking out fixtures and things like that. They did the demo the first week of July, and they just finished it last week. Eesh. Yikes. You have a second that's bathroom, right, Pippa? Yes. Yes. We, yes, we do. But that's, there's huge issues with the supply chain. And it took us forever to get our plumbing, all of our plumbing fixtures. So I'm just saying I would... Seriously, if you can wait, I would wait. Okay. Well, uh, you've you've been waiting I'd for I wait a year. You've been waiting for thirty two years since since Liz was born. I think, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. A couple more months probably well, isn't going to kill her. <laughs> Pippa, thank right. you so much right. for calling and and for listening from South Carolina. We appreciate it. We're going to go next to Heather from Sheboygan. Heather, I agree with you. There are really good contractors out there. I agree. Um, that's why I got into this business like 15 years ago being a woman um it's it's a hard business um i come out i make sure my work is done as as soon as possible i do most of my own work um you know i i i feel bad for people who get stiffed on stuff and as long as you know what you want you know i i can give you what you want that's plain and simple how'd you get into that um so I, I, um, a family members, they, um, worked for big companies and then they were let go and then they were like, you know, I'm going to start our own company. And I've always loved doing stuff with my own hands and building things. And I'm like, you know what, I'm going to jump on board. I started as a grunt. I demoed, I, you know, did gross things, (laughs) but then I learned every trade that I, as much as I possibly could. And now I, it, it's what I love to do. And I, I, I love like customers who are like, Oh my God, you were amazing. You helped me every way. Like and a female, like I could not thank you enough. That's my gratitude that I get from everything. I just love it. You wow. know, that's, that's so great, Heather. I've been able to talk to a number of women in the trades and kind of series that I've been working on, on and off. And everyone that I've spoken to, uh, loves what they do. They literally love what they do from project managers to masons to carpenters. I think that there is a, uh, freedom because of the salary that you're able to pull. And I think, you know, uh, job sites change and also that sense of pride that you must feel when you go past something that you worked on. That must just feel wonderful. It, it, it is. Uh, and it's not even just the salary. Like I don't, I don't do it to say, you know, make money. I know everybody's in high demand and, you know, it takes so long for, you know, things to get done. You know, I do carpentry, I do tile, I do everything. And I do a project uh, in a month, and I commit to that project. That is my my project for that month, is to start a kitchen or a bathroom and have it finished so people aren't waiting six months, which that's ridiculous. Like, I have a bath and a half, and if I had to wait that long, I, I would be mad. Wow. So, and having a woman's perspective and being there to say, you know, okay, it, you know, 
this is what it's going to look like, or, you know, this is what it could look like. I'm only here to tell you your options, but it's your kitchen, your bathroom. And I I, I just love when customers end result, they're like, oh my God, I love it. Wow. She's, that's awesome. I'm so in honor. I'm so in awe of you in the fact that you can do all this. Good Lord. That's uh, yeah, impressive. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, Heather. I, I love learning it. We're, we're two disc jockeys who can't do fractions. So what you do is truly. <laughs> I, can teach you. I honestly can teach you. I, I took five female <laughs> friends and I redid their basement because it flooded. And every single one of them had different backgrounds, office to management to not nobody knew how to do construction whatsoever but at the end of those two months they all have learned something and now can do their own things at their own home heather if you can teach me how to read a tape measure that will be a a miracle that all of my former math teachers will (laughs) will applaud you for thank you so very much for calling have a great day (laughs) we gotta go i'm still working with an abacus (laughs) (laughs) if i could read an abacus i would feel like i was ahead of the game Uh, we have john mercure and wisconsin's afternoon news coming up next on wtmj